0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of our Decisions Decoded podcast series, focusing on decisions and themes in regulatory investigations and enforcement. My name is Catherine Pluck and I'm a senior knowledge lawyer here in the financial services team in London. And today I'm joined by financial services partner, Katie Stephen, and also senior knowledge lawyer, Rosie Nance, from our data protection team. And today we're going to be discussing lessons learned from regulatory enforcement in relation to cyber incidents. So, to start with, Katie, what is the latest case in this area to be aware of?
1: Yes, thanks, Kat. So, the latest FCA decision concerns the credit reference agency Equifax Limited, and the FCA's fined it just over £11 million. And the failings relate to managing and monitoring the security of UK consumer data that it had transferred for processing to its parent company based in the US. And the incident happened back in 2017 when the U.S. parent Equifax Inc. suffered a cybersecurity breach and hackers were able to access the personal data of over 13 million individuals. And the data included dates of birth, phone numbers, partially exposed credit card details and residential addresses. The breach involved data held by Equifax, Inc. in connection with two of Equifax's products. Prior to this FCA fine, the incident had already given rise to a number of consequences for Equifax, including in the US and Canada. And back in September 2018, the Information Commissioner's Office had fined Equifax half a million pounds.
0: Thanks, Katie. There are lessons for firms from this case and regulatory enforcement concerning IT issues more broadly for various phases in a firm's life cycle regarding a cyber incident, aren't there? Could you please talk us through these? Yes, absolutely. I think there are some useful lessons in relation
1: to avoiding, managing and remedying these um, incidents. So firstly, in terms of cybersecurity arrangements, FCA regulated firms, as we know, need to have effective cybersecurity arrangements. And as part of that, they need to ensure that their systems are resilient from a technical perspective. And that includes being kept fully up to date to prevent unauthorized access. In order to achieve this, firms need to have in place a process for ensuring that system patches are identified and applied comprehensively, and that's monitored to catch any issues. Regulators really expect to see robust contractual protections for data and prompt action by firms on any suspicious activity. The second area to mention is risk management frameworks for outsourced data. And by this, I mean that where a firm outsources the processing of data, including to an intra-group company, there must be in place an appropriate risk management framework that allows the firm to identify and mitigate the risks inherent in their outsourcing. And as regulated firms remain responsible for any data that they outsource, they've got to exercise appropriate oversight of that outsourcing. And in that context, it's useful for firms to consider what would happen if there was a cyber incident, including whether the backup is adequate, whether they'd receive appropriate information from relevant third parties if something did go wrong. Finally, where the processing of data has been outsourced intra-group, any weaknesses at the group entity level need to be treated by the firm with the same degree of seriousness as would be the case if the outsourcing had been to a third party.
0: Agreed. Thanks, Katie. And what about the governance around cyber incidents? What are the learnings there? Yes, well, in terms of appropriate governance in place
1: for responding to these kinds of incidents, I think the key point is that how firms respond to these incidents can impact the final regulatory outcome. And it's therefore really essential that firms have in place effective governance arrangements for responding. So as part of this, global firms need to have a cross-border coordinated response strategy, including with regards to communications with regulators and also with customers and they need to avoid going into sort of lockdown mode where information is not shared across all the affected parties. All the impacted jurisdictions need to be considered and kept updated so the group as a whole can effectively deal with the implications including that um, thing that the FCA is going to be particularly interested in, which is any impact on on the firm's customers, and linking to that, there's got to be really clear communications in the event of cyber incidents, uh, with fair complaints handling. Firms have got to identify and notify uh, impacted individuals of cyber incidents in a way which is clear, fair, not misleading. And they've got to have fair complaints handling procedures in place. Any statements that they issue about the incident have got to be accurate in terms of the number of consumers affected. And if those are misinterpreted by news outlets or others and they spot that there's maybe some wrong information um, being reported, the firm needs to consider whether proactively they ought to clarify that. And if so, that needs to be done in a timely way. The other point is that firms need to avoid barriers for customers uh, when these incidents arise, customers that are trying to access any incident pages that they've set up. And one example of a barrier might be where cookies pop up on the Web page and obscure key links or information that information for customers needs to be readily available.
0: Thanks, Katie. That's really useful. Um, Of course, in addition to this, for individuals in the regulated sector, there is also the risk of enforcement action in connection with cyber breaches. And for some years now, there has been a regulatory focus on individual accountability and enforcement action has already been taken against individuals in connection with IT issues.
1: Yes, that's absolutely right. So, senior individuals involved in managing cyber incidents have really got to ensure they're acting reasonably and carrying out their role and responsibilities. And as part of that, amongst other things, they really need to obtain appropriate assurance from any relevant third parties, stay alert as to whether any reported issues require action, and properly escalate any relevant information, including to the board where that's necessary.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Katie. And now turning to you, Rosie, can you tell us a bit more about the interplay between the FCA and the ICO on these issues.
2: Yes, of course, Kat. So as Katie mentioned at the start, the ICO took action against Equifax back in September 2018. And the ICO's findings were similar to the FCA's. There's a lot of parallels between the issues flagged in the FCA's final notice on the one hand and the ICO's monetary penalty notice on the other. And this really illustrates that when you're looking at cyber readiness and breach response, compliance can be viewed holistically and steps taken to comply with the FCA's principles will generally also assist in demonstrating compliance with the data protection principles and vice versa. And the ICO has also indicated an intention to take action on cybersecurity breaches. It can now do this with the finding powers available to it under the UK General Data Protection Regulation. And it makes information on cyber investigations public as part of its complaints and concerns data and also reports on insights into data security incident trends. The Information Commissioner recently also highlighted the risks of complacency on cybersecurity within companies. And he cautioned that organizations that don't regularly monitor for suspicious activity, fail to act on warnings, don't update software and provide staff training can expect a fine. Thanks, Rosie. And
0: do these parallels mean firms can expect one set of regulatory action following a breach?
2: Well, not necessarily. So, as Katie mentioned, the ICO had issued a separate fine in relation to the breach back in 2018. The ICO and FCA do collaborate. They're both members of the Digital Regulation Cooperation Forum. And in 2019, they entered into a memorandum of understanding, and that sets out how they work together. But this doesn't prevent them from taking enforcement action in relation to the same breach going forward. In fact, the memorandum acknowledges the situations where investigations should proceed in parallel and it sets out how they coordinate and share information in those situations. So to answer your question, organisations can be fined for the same breach under different legislation and this could also be the case for organisations not regulated by the FCA. The ICO also confirmed that where the UK's network and information systems regulations The NIS regulations apply it's possible to be fined under both the UK GDPR and the NIS regulations and following Brexit there's also the possibility of fines under the EU GDPR and the UK GDPR and the position's going to become more complex when the EU Digital Operational Resilience Act and revised directive on security of network and information systems so that's DORA and NIS 2 when they begin to apply. So a lot of legal obligations to be aware of and a lot of possibilities of penalties for getting it wrong. But to finish on a positive note, as I said, there's overlap between the actions the ICO and FCA expect to see and firms can and should look at their legal and regulatory obligations holistically to avoid these penalties. Always good to finish on a positive note. Thank you, Rosie. And also Katie, Um,
0: some really great insights for firms and their senior managers there. That brings us to the end of today's podcast. Do look out for further podcasts in this series on our Regulation Tomorrow podcast page and blog. And as always, please do get in touch with any queries or suggestions for future podcast topics. Thank you for listening.